Charleston used to be really weird and dirty and, and had this dark underbelly, and it's kind of been scrubbed away. And, and I want to bring back some of the weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a great room to get weird in. The Music Farm reopened last week with pretty much new everything. Charles Carmody, its new manager, is my guest today. Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Monday, April 18th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they're important. Two major shootings injured dozens in South Carolina over the weekend, one in a Columbia mall on Saturday afternoon, and another early Sunday at a nightclub in rural Hampton County. A major piece of the Charleston waterfront is getting ready to be sold, and officials are investigating a fire on James Island that destroyed a historically significant former hotel building. Those stories and my interview from The Music Farm, starting now. Columbia police have arrested one person, but are looking for more suspects after a Saturday shooting at the Columbiana Center Mall. At least 10 people were shot, and a few others were injured during the panic to leave the mall, but no deaths have been reported from the incident. An attorney for the 22-year-old man arrested said he fired his gun in response to being shot at first, but not too many other details have been made public yet at this point. Police have not said who else, if anyone, is accused in the incident. In Hampton County, people are also investigating an early morning shooting at a nightclub in a rural area about 90 minutes west of Charleston. Nine people were shot in that incident. Nine people were shot in that incident, but there's no word on suspects or arrests as of uh, late Sunday night. The events in South Carolina were just two of the mass shooting events in the U.S. over the past few days. Elsewhere in shootings in Sacramento, California, New Orleans, Louisiana, and of course in Brooklyn, New York, gunmen have opened fire in public, killing and injuring bystanders. The state ports authority is prepping to sell about 70 acres of waterfront property. It's one of the biggest pieces of developable real estate to hit the market downtown, especially owned by a public agency like the state ports authority. The property is the Union Pier Terminal, which runs from about Cumberland Street to Lawrence Street downtown. That's more than half a mile along the water uh, from about Fleet Landing, the restaurant, to just north of Harris Teeter, if you know where that is. I'm not exactly sure how much of that area the port actually owns, but that's roughly where it is. To get the property ready to sell, the agency is paying a hotel developer that's also interested in buying the property to clear the way for whoever ends up bidding on it. The SPA told the posting courier that the agency would bid out the property, like usual, when it sells a piece of property, but it wouldn't necessarily sell it to the highest bidder automatically, taking into account other factors and proposals for use of the prime real estate. These pieces of property don't come up for sale very often, or really, ever. Nobody asked me, but I'd say the waterfront should be open to the public. Why not continue Waterfront Park all the way as far north as you can go? When Waterfront Park open downtown, uh, Mayor Riley's vision was to establish a public space all the way up to the aquarium. This is a big chance for the city to take a step there. James Island and Charleston County officials are investigating a fire along the Mosquito Beach area of James Island, where the historic Pine Tree Inn burned down uh, on Friday afternoon. The area is historically significant for being a once vibrant waterfront gathering place for black Charlestonians and visitors during segregation, when nearby Folly Beach and other beaches were closed to non-white residents. The area in the Sol Legree community is a recognized National Historic District, and the hotel was just one of the remaining buildings from that era. 
The existing building was currently under renovation, and while most of the building was being demolished anyway, but some of the historic structure that crews planned to salvage uh, and reuse in the new project to rebuild the hotel was destroyed, uh, according to the Post and Courier. Still, though, project managers say the project is on track to finish uh, in a couple months, just as planned. Anyone who's lived in Charleston for a while and is a fan of live music has likely seen a show at the Music Farm. Opened in 1991, the Music Farm had a huge role in the downtown music scene in the early 90s and through the 2000s. It was one of the biggest venues downtown, the capacity about 950 people or so. For years, it was loud, uh, it was hot in there, and it would get packed for big shows. But with the pandemic, it closed in March 2020 and never reopened. Until last week, when local band Susto played two nights there for the first show in two years. The reopening is a little bit of a reset for the venue, which now has new managers and new energy, and just about new everything else. The new team wants to route big-name acts into the room and comes with some street cred from nearby, since they also manage the Charleston Music Hall. Today, Charles Carmody, who manages both venues, is my guest on Now Charleston. We talked about him growing up in Charleston and going to the farm and what it's been like getting the place back up and running. One thing we didn't talk about is that the Royal American is actually handling the food there. They have an all-new kitchen at the venue, and uh, the Royal team is going to be serving up a full menu of food during shows. Something else to look forward to. This week, the Music Farm hosts a High Water Festival pre-party on Friday night with Shovel and Rope and Delta Spirit. I sat down with Charles at the Music Farm last week, two days before their big reopening. Charles Carmody, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Charles, you grew up in Charleston. Tell me a little bit about the Music Farm and what kind of place it had in the local scene when you were growing up here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I used to come, I've been coming to this room since I was 13, 14, 15. Back then you could smoke inside. Oh, yeah. uh, it was wild. Come yeah. home reeking of cigarettes. Yeah. But, you know, I was seeing everything from G-Love to uh, Donovan Frankenreiter mm-hmm. to, you know, I was, I was a big surfer kid in high school. <laughs> so yeah. I was yeah. coming, but I was been coming to shows here uh, and loving it. And then, of course, I went to College of Charleston. So, yeah. so I, I mean, I've been coming to shows here for most of my life, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty cool to be kind of on that side of it for a long time, enjoying the space, and then here you are managing it now. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah same. I, I went to CFC and graduated in 08, and so I remember, you know, I came to a lot of jam band shows, Galactic and North yep. Mississippi All-Stars, all the, all the big jam bands, and then saw the Pumpkins show here when they were here, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh, yeah. St. Yeah. Vincent, Andrew Bird, Beach yeah. House, TV on the Radio, Animal Collective, Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zeros. I mean, so many, so many good shows. I'm sure a lot room. of those guys are on your uh, wish list. Absolutely. Now, Bring yeah, them back. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> um, share, share, me, share with me a little bit of the highlights of what y'all have done with the space now that you're reopening it later this week, yes. just ahead of High Water Festival. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we took over the lease July 2021 uh, and immediately got to work kind of laying out uh, some of the renovations. The big thing was wanting to have better artist amenities. So we added a second green room on the right side of the building, house right, stage left. Uh, that was a standing area for patrons with steps. Right. We took okay, the steps away. Mm-hmm. Now it is a second green room for artists with a shower, which is pretty nice, yeah. and then a production office up there. Uh, so now the artists have two green rooms, two bathrooms, and, and a little more room to spread out. Uh, 
we, I mean, we went down to dirt. We completely yeah. stripped the bathrooms, completely new bathrooms, all new plumbing, all new electrical. There were a lot of issues we kept running into with the building itself, yeah. which prolonged the renovation process. It's an old building itself. It yeah. is. 1850, yeah. the building yeah. was built as part of the SC uh, railway system, um, which is pretty cool. It's an old train depot. Yeah, and if you, when y'all come in to the, if you come in the uh, Ann Street entrance, there's a little like kind of at the top of the yep. doorway there, it says SC Railroad. Yep. Yeah, it's kind it's of cool. Pre- it's pretty awesome. So, I mean, our big thing also was, there's, there's three, my three big things were, it needs to be cool in here, it needs to feel comfortable, not too many people, and the sound has to be good. And so we completely renovated, replaced the HVAC. We had to strip everything out. Nothing was reusable. It was completely dead. Put a whole new chiller chiller unit in. Uh, and it's going to be very cold in here, which is great. Uh, brand new sound system, uh, treating the room with sound paneling, um, all new lights, uh, new 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 rig for production. That was a big one for us. We moved the soundboard to the back of the room mm-hmm. to open up the room more for patrons, which I'm really excited about, be, be able to move about the room a little easier. What about the kind of uh, spectator experience? How is it a little bit different? We are sitting here in the VIP balcony, so that's one. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So there's a VIP balcony upgrade, which is cool. So 20 people can come up here and enjoy uh, enjoy the show from up, up above. Uh, We've moved the entrance to the side, the visitor center side. So on the, you know, the right side of the building as we enter the building now, we're really focusing on that nice. There's a great outdoor patio mm-hmm. over there that I think has been underutilized. So we have picnic benches and, and lighting and, and trying to make that more of a welcoming area for people to go and sit and hang out outside. Um, we've got a real functioning kitchen with Royal American. I mean, they're serving a full full menu. So I'm hopeful people will come early, sit outside, have a Royal American burger, and get get to hang out in the room a little longer. Are they going to be serving a full menu during during shows? Too? Yes. Wow. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's the plan. They'll serve. They'll be open every show. Yeah. So you also uh, help manage the you manage the music farm in addition to the into the music hall in addition to the farm. Yeah. Um, how was it trying to book both those spaces coming out of the pandemic when everybody did want to start getting on the road, but everyone else wanted to book shows too. Uh, tell me a little bit about like your strategy going into booking the first round of folks here. And and we're opening this week with uh, Susto, Susto and, and... Bad Flower, yeah. Samantha Fish, mm-hmm. uh, Tay Money, and Emo Night, Kid mm-hmm. G, uh, Shovels and Rope, Delta Spirit. Yeah, it's you've a, been it's a big, running through that in your head. It's a big week, yeah. 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 It's a big week for us. Um, yeah, I mean, the good news is everyone and their brother wants to tour right now. So everyone's out on the road. Uh, patrons are coming out to shows. Shows are doing really well. I mean, the Music Hall had an amazing February and March, actually better than 2019, which is which is really phenomenal coming out of what we just went through. Um, we, have, we are growing quickly, which is nice. We've become part of... Uh, Frank Productions, FPC Live out of Madison, Wisconsin, and we now have a booking wing in Nashville called National Shows 2. So, and we're also partners now with Live Nation. So the Music Farm, for example, has two talent buyers from Live Nation, two talent buyers from NS2, and myself. So between the five of us, we're able to really, you know, kind of reach all over the place. And I think opening week kind of shows that, where you have, you know, Country, Americana, emo, uh, hip hop, uh, all, all kinds of different genres. So that that's our goals for both rooms, obviously. But especially for the farm, uh, we're gonna be able to really play with a very diverse genre, 
genre of shows. Which would be yeah, cool. what kind of opportunities do you think it'll open up for, for local artists, too? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We already have a, you know, we've got a Little Bird show, a Molata show, a Stoplight Observation show, Susto, uh, working with Little Stranger. I mean, we've, we, we, we've already got a great group of local shows ready, but we're also going to do local showcases monthly and try and, we want this room, we want the Music Farm to be a growing room for artists. We want to build artists in the market, which is why we wanted a smaller room. The music hall is 965 seated, 1200 general admission with the open floor. Mm -hmm. So the idea is the music farm is 650-ish. The idea is grow them in this room. When they sell at the farm, we can move them up to the hall. Uh, And I'm I'm excited to open this room back up to locals, uh, to local musicians. I mean, that was kind of the heartbeat of this room for a long time, and it kind of fell off there near the the end. but, you know, I think it means a lot of opportunity for, for local regional acts, not only to headline if, if they can sell the tickets, but also to, to get on support slots. Yeah, I remember how excited you were. I think we talked when I was at the City Paper about when you had just uh, kind of reconfigured the seating area downstairs at the hall for the open space. And yes. I think you were kind of trying, you were thinking about like any, any room you go to where you can stand right up on the stage, like close to the stage, similar to what we ha- we've had here. Everybody's familiar with, they've been to a show at the farm. Yeah, we yeah. so now the hall we can remove 300 seats, and it means 600 people can get in front of the stage. Yeah. And uh, Chelsea Cutler is a great example of an artist we never would have gotten, but she sold 1,200 tickets. I mean, it was it was a party, and yeah. they were dancing in there. It felt amazing. That's awesome. And so we'll still do our seated shows. I mean, the Graham Nashes, the David Crosbys, yeah. the you know those of the world will definitely be able to do those, but finally be able to open the doors to a younger audience over at the hall, which is great. I can't remember if you and I talked about it or if it's just kind of something that's talked about is that Charleston's kind of in a weird place market-wise, like on touring acts, because we've got Atlanta, Raleigh, Charlotte, all of which have huge arenas, you know, that artists can play in and, and multiple other venues. What about your changes at the farm will kind of make Charleston more attractive? Is that the right word for Yeah, that is bookers? the right word. Yeah. I mean, that's our long-term goal, yeah. is, and that's been our goal for a decade now, is Charleston is a C market at best, tertiary market, in that, uh, you know, the population isn't huge. We don't have a, a major arena. I mean, we have the Coliseum, but that that's still, that wouldn't qualify as a major arena. And uh, we're a bit off the map. I mean, we're, 40, we're only 45 minutes from 95, but to a booking agent, that's that's light years away. And and what they can do is they can route Atlanta, Asheville, Charlotte, so Raleigh so mm-hmm. easily that they often just roll right over us. What the music farm offers us is the ability to work with agents on, with their bands when they're smaller and get them in this market. I mean, that's a big thing why you don't, you say, why hasn't X major artist played Charleston? Well, they never played here when they were smaller because there was nowhere for them to play. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully now, you know, there, there will be a place for them to play and they will be able to grow in the market. And this is kind of like inside a little bit, but like from what I've talked, from what I've heard talking to folks like you and other folks at other venues, it's not about the the one show, right? You want to get a band in here and build an audience Correct. and then get them back here year after year, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That that's the goal is to to create, you know, an annual play with an artist yeah. where they they're coming back every year. Yes. Well, so the the farm opens officially this week just before high water. You've got shows and rope in here. I'm sure they're probably pretty excited to be in here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That 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 was a fun Really fun. I've, I've dreamed of doing a high water pre-party since it started, so I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to finally be able to do it. Yeah. Is there anything you're most excited about ahead of opening, besides just getting open? I, yeah, I am most excited about, I, I mean, I, I love programming. I mean, that's, that's 
the biggest thing I love in, in this industry is, is programming and creative programming. So I'm just really excited to develop shows and artists in this room. I mean, we're doing a burlesque series, local local showcase series, a drag series. We're gonna we're gonna do comedy. I mean, I, I'm gonna work hard to try and develop the local scene, and then also just different shows that you don't see in Charleston. Charleston used to be really weird and dirty and, and had this dark underbelly and it's kind of been scrubbed away mm-hmm. and, and I want to bring back some of the weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is a great room to get weird in. So. I think a lot of people probably have a lot of weird memories. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I know, yeah, I know yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charles, I'm super pumped to, uh, when I was at the paper, seeing all the announcements for the new shows, seeing all the email newsletters now, the Instagram is busy because y'all are, y'all are announcing new shows almost every day, definitely yeah. every week. Yeah. Um, I know people are really excited to get back in here and I'm excited to be back here too. So. Awesome. Well, thank you. We're, we can't wait to open the doors. I mean, my, my dream is that people, you know, come back, see, see the work we've done and fall, fall back in love or even deeper in love with this venue. And, uh, you know, I, I want to have something for everyone. Yeah. So, uh, you know, even, even, even this 40 to 60 year old crowd, I, I think that they can enjoy shows in this room again so i'm, I'm sure. excited to, to open the doors for him charles thanks for joining me absolutely thank you that's all i've got for you today if you got feedback for the show let me know leave me a voicemail or shoot me a text 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowchs.com you can rate and review the show in apple podcasts or wherever you're listening that's also a huge help and as always you can check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show to make sure you don't miss anything, be sure to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Charleston, and Instagram. That's instagram.com slash Charleston. Thanks so much for listening. I will be back on Wednesday with the next Now Charleston.